You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 67. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock Our Take segment, we take a look at premium brands, symbol P-A-B-H on the TSX. The company owns a broad range of leading specialty food manufacturing and differentiated food distribution businesses with operations across Canada and the U.S. A listener noted the stock has had a nice move up in the past week after a very poor performance over the past year. The listener has been watching the company for a while and wonders if now is the time to pick up a position in the stock. Last week we had two stars, this week we have two dogs. Our first dog of the week is Encana Corporation, symbol ECA on the TSX, an independent oil and gas producer with about 50 or 43% oil and natural gas liquids and 57% natural gas. Its key assets are in the Permian, Eagle, Ford, Motney, and Duvernay areas. The stock is off around 21% in the past month as energy prices have dropped just under 15%. Our dog of the week also, our second dog, is Stornoway Diamond Corporation, symbol SWY on the TSX, which has now dropped 50% this week and roughly 85% year to date. Stornoway owns a 100% interest in the Renard Mine, Quebec's first diamond mine. Unfortunately, the operations have run into some market pricing problems for rough cut diamonds and debt issues. Is it a dog or an opportunity? We'll let you know. Now, the first company we can get right into right now is Stornoway. And I first, actually, I'm going to welcome Aaron before I get into that. Aaron, I welcome you. How are you doing? Well, I was doing great until I saw Stornoway Diamonds price chart. Yes. Um, not doing so good now. At least you don't own shares. I don't think it was <laughs> yeah, me well, I don't own any shares. Right? So. so you can no. sympathize with those shareholders out there, but you know, it's not a company that we'd be recommending to our clients for sure. Far, far from. No, no. And I mean, but again, this isn't a company that has, you know, no revenues. I think over 50 million in revenues in the last quarter, but it's just really a cautionary tale on resource related companies generally. And we can get right into it right now. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. Stornoway Diamond Corporation, symbol SWY on the TSX. Current market price is two and a half cents. Started the year in the 20 cent range. Market cap is around 23 million. It's down 50% this week, uh, 60% in the last month, and 85% roughly of its value has been lost in 2019. What does the company do? They're a Canadian diamond exploration and production company. 
They own 100% interest in the Renard mine in Quebec. It is the first diamond mine in Quebec. Now, construction on the mine or project commenced in July of 2014. Commercial production was declared on January 1st, 2017. The average annual diamond production is forecasted at 1.8 million carats per annum over the next 10 years of mining. Unfortunately, the operation has run into some market pricing for rough-cut diamonds issues there, the price pricing market, and it has overall debt issues, the structure of the business. So what is driving the dog performance here? Well, the Q1 financials were weak. Stornoray reported a net loss of $48.4 million, or $0.05 cents per share in Q1. Adjusted EBITDA was $13.4 million versus adjusted EBITDA of $24.7 million in the same period last year. Uh, to conclude this company, it's continued downward pressure on the market for rough-cut diamonds or rough diamonds has inhibited Stornoway's ability to generate positive cash flow in 2019. To address this situation, the company is taking a serious series of uh, significant and effective actions, it says, to preserve its liquidity, including, among other things, cost reductions of 18 to 20 million for 2019 year. Uh, they're implemented over the course of this year. And they are now looking at a strategic review to consider all options available to the company. Management is also in active discussions with its financial partners to secure Stornoway's long-term financial viability. Now, Stornoway has over $240 million in debt. Um, its debt-to-equity ratio is well above one. It has $440 million in contract liabilities. The company continues to lose money while measures are being taken to help maintain the long-term solvency, but for shareholders, it may be a little bit too late in the current pricing environment. We believe this is a cautionary tale. Mining is a tough and risky business at the best of times, even when you bring a mine online and, in this case, produce over $50 million in quarterly sales. When the market moves against you or the company is managed poorly, the returns can be terrible. The current pricing environment for Rough Diamonds uh, and its high debt levels have crushed free cash flow for Stornoway and give it the not-so-coveted status of our dog of the week. I think a very good rule of thumb whenever you're looking at a stock is that uh, you know the, the two things that you don't want to see uh, individually or combined are high debt and negative profitability. So if a company's losing a lot of money, and it also has high debt levels, then you really don't need to look for, for further. That's that's a highly speculative stock. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a case where we just we tread very lightly in resource or commodity strictly based businesses, particularly the producers. And uh, you know this this again, a business producing fifty million in in revenues on a quarterly basis is uh, you know in danger of becoming you know not a business is basically going out of business at this stage and uh you know shareholder value has been destroyed in this company over the course of the year and over the course of the past few years and it's just not a company that would meet our criteria a company that is far closer to meeting our criteria is the next company that aaron's going to talk about today that's premium brands a, a question came in uh, from just it says Don here via email. He said premium brands has had a nice move up this week after a very poor year of performance in the market. I've been watching the company for a while and wondering if now is the time to pick up a position. Aaron, you've covered this stock in the past. I'd like your take on that. 
It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. I have, and I've been following it closely for quite some time. So Premium Brands, the symbol is PBH, um, trading right now for about $84, has a market capitalization of just over $3 billion. Uh, What the company does, they're a food processing and distribution company. They operate in seven provinces in Canada and six states in the United States. Uh, the company has approximately 60 premium food brands, which is which it distributes to over 22,000 customers. So the the shareholders of premium brands have had a rough ride over the last year. The stock is down nearly 30%. And this is after the company was one of the top performers on the TSX in the two years previous to that. Um, but the shares moved up about 7% on Tuesday after premium brands announced a $200 million investment from the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, or CPPIB. The proceeds of this investment are going to be used to help fund premiums' long-term growth strategy. And it's definitely there's definitely value in having an investor like the CPPIB on board. Uh, it's, it's a vote of confidence and endorsement from, from one of the largest investment managers in Canada. And that's something that, that uh, retail investors particularly like to see. While we see this as positive news, it would not in and of itself prompt us to be shareholders of premium right now. We don't follow what other investors do. Rather, we make our own decisions and we base those decisions on our strategy and the the fundamentals and the growth of the respective company. So looking at the recent financials, the company did put out their Q1 results on May 13th. Uh, The results were mixed. Revenue was up about 33% to $776 million. Adjusted EBITDA increased 40% to $60 million. Uh, however, in spite of the strong growth in revenues and adjusted EBITDA, adjusted earnings per share actually declined 16% to about $0.52 cents per share. So a single quarter of, of lower earnings uh, is nothing to, to worry too much about. However, we have noticed a, a, a pattern with premium whereby uh, their revenues and their EBITDA have been growing quite substantially, but the earnings per share growth lags that significantly. And, and at times it's actually negative while the other two items grow grow significantly. So that, that's an issue for us. The company did put out strong guidance for this year. They expect about 22% growth in revenue, 27% growth in EBITDA, but we're not Based on the track record, we're not completely confident that that's going to translate into strong growth in earnings per share. And it's always the earnings per share that we follow. Um, another issue that we note from our research is that the company has relatively high debt leverage as they use debt aggressively to fund their, their acquisition strategy. So uh, in conclusion, overall, we do actually see good long-term potential in premium brands. It is a company that that I do like uh, somewhat. That is why I've, I've followed them closely and, and been watching what they've been doing financially. But we aren't ready to pull the trigger quite yet and recommend them as a buy. What we'd like to see, we'd like to see earnings growth track the the growth in revenue and EBITDA better. And we're also a little bit cautious on the debt. Um, I think that investors who are interested in the stock could potentially take a small position here and then wait and see what happens. But I don't see any reason to rush in and start aggressively accumulating shares. So there are, there are some risks to the short-term outlook, which is a concern. And right now, we're going to sit on the sidelines. We're going to continue to follow the company, um, but we're not buyers of it yet. It's a great summary. Um, I'm going to just move quickly into the second dog of the week. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's 
dog. That is Encana Corporation, symbol ECA on the TSX. Current price around $8.808, market cap $11.7 billion. Now, this company is down around 21% in the past month. What does the company do? They're an independent oil and gas producer with key assets in the Permian, Eagle Ford, Montney, and Duvernay areas. Net production averaged 361,000 barrels of oil of day equivalent in 2018 at a ratio of 43% oil and natural gas liquids and 57% natural gas. So what is driving the stock? Well, you've seen oil or energy prices come off roughly 15%, just under that in the past month. But about a month ago, the company released Q1 earnings as well. And well, it reported growth in revenues, earnings fell into a loss due to due in part to restructuring costs, and EBITDA per share dropped significantly. Uh, again, over that time, the company has lost 21% of its value. The CEO was quite outspoken at uh, the on the conference call. He is quoted as saying, "The Motney now is the biggest area of growth in Canada. It is where uh, where in Canada is focusing its attention. And if, if it was sat somewhere in the U.S., it would probably be producing two to three to four times what it's producing today." He was quoted as saying, "It is ridiculous that it takes longer to get a permit." for a plant than it takes to build one in Canada today. And we have seen similar similar levels of frustration from other key uh, individuals from energy companies in Canada. Now, the stock has taken a hit with energy prices uh, over the course of the last month. There's some restrictions from regulatory authorities and restrictions have led to these drops or drop in profitability for the business. Uh, interestingly, though, the, the valuations are coming to a level where it is uh, far more reasonable. The debt does appear to be under control, but it is still, you know, debt to equity is still 0.76 in that range. So it's not, you know, it is a leveraged business. Uh, we monitor the company. It, it doesn't seem to offer value, the value that we'd like to see right now. But certainly the losses that it's produced over the past week and month make it our second dog of the week. Well, Ryan, I've said it many times to clients. uh, Canada is not a good place to do business uh, in the resource sector, particularly. And we we have a lot of questions about whether or not it's a good time to get into Canadian resource stocks because the, the share prices are so low. And uh, the problem is, I believe that that these issues are systemic. I mean, they're not necessarily going away. It's just it's just really hard to do business in the resource industry here in Canada. Yeah, and we uh, we have we talked about this recently at our seminars. We asked the question: What companies do we have any producers, energy, or gold miners, or anything like that under coverage in the energy resource sector? I think it's over the past what is it, eight years or something. We've re- recommended two companies. That produced actual, you know, produced energy, oil and gas, and uh, both of them were not located in Canada. Uh, they were one was CNC Energia, and it got bought out. They operated in Colombia. The other one operated in Colombia as well was Perex. And if you look at the symbol of PXT on the TSX, far outperformed any energy producers in in uh, Canada in the Western Canadian Sedimentary Basin. 
we actually saw less uh, geopolitical issues in Colombia, if you can believe it, than we've seen in Western Canada and the Western Canadian Sedimentary Basin, uh, where, we, you know, like Aaron said, it's just a tough place to do business. Uh, there's systemic problems there. And we've uh, seen a lot of capital get destroyed, uh, getting putting investment dollars into that sector over the past you know, five to eight years. And uh, unless there are some systemic changes, we tread very lightly in that area of the market and we continue to do so. That's going to wrap up our show this week. Uh, I'd like to thank Aaron for co-hosting with me. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, wish all our investors out there uh, profitable investing. And I'll note to keep your questions coming into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. We'll endeavor to answer those questions in the weeks upcoming. Send them in via email, social media, all the channels, the regular channels. And again, profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing.